Welcome to the Heads Up Podcast. I am Jason Rogers, the head of school of Rundle College Society, and I'll be your host for this season's episode. With each new podcast, we hope to explore interesting topics relating to Rundle College student, faculty, and parent life. This season, you'll hear interviews with faculty, parents, alumni, students, and educational experts. Each episode will aim to provide an insight and context to the happenings in and around our community. Thank you for joining me and everybody in the Rumble College Society on this journey, and I hope you enjoy this Rumble experience. Welcome back to the Heads Up Podcast. On today's episode, I have the pleasure and privilege of introducing to you, our podcast listeners, one of our alumni named Evan Beck. And on today's episode, I'm excited because we're going to be talking about all sorts of topics. We're going to talk about Rundle of the Past, Rundle of the Present, Rundle of the Future. We're going to talk about graduates and their you know, expectations of themselves. We're going to talk about homelessness. We're going to talk about sandwiches. Um, I'm really interested in hearing all of Evan's perspective because as you come to know Evan, you start to realize that he's a very remarkable young man who's had huge impact on our school, but broader than that, on our community and, and our world. And he's got a deep interest in working with marginalized communities through social work and volunteerism. And we're extremely proud to have him as a member of our alumni. So without any further ado, let's welcome Evan Beck to today's show. All right, I'm really excited about today's episode. I'm here with Evan Beck, a former Rundle College student and now, you know, real world leader when it comes to social issues. Uh, all joking aside, uh, Evan does a ton of stuff in our province and around the world to make the world a better place for all sorts of people. We're going to get into that. Um, we couldn't be proud of her, of prouder of him um, in the Rundle College community, and I think you're going to see why here in short order. So, welcome to the show, Evan. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. So, Evan, today we're going to start the conversation back at Rundle College when you attended here. Um, how many years ago were you attending? I graduated 2012. 2012, so, so six years ago. Yeah, six years right ago. on. We just had our graduation at yeah. the Jubilee uh, yesterday, and so you would have been there six years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So back when you were at Rundle College, uh, I'm sure a lot of things are the same then as they are now, but I mm-hmm. always ask our alumni, what was the best part of the Rundle experience uh, while you are here? So I, I think probably the promotional answer to this question would be the small class sizes <laughs> and the one-on-one academic support. Perfect. And I, the reason I say that is... Um, did I need the academic support um, specifically for myself? I, I think it helped. It, it wasn't the best part for me. For a lot of my friends, it definitely was. Yeah. It was, it was the difference between them getting into university and not. Um, but the small class sizes, I think for another reason that people don't always talk about it, just in terms of my social life, I, I really loved having a, a small grade um, where I was comfortable talking to basically everyone in my grade. No I've, doubt. I've kept up and kept in touch with most people in my grade. I really love that aspect, that sense of community that I got from a small from small classes in a small grade that I don't think I would have got elsewhere. So, yeah. um, and and then that also gave me the opportunity to play a whole bunch of different sports and be leaders on those sports teams, which I definitely wouldn't have had the chance to do um, in the same capacity had I gone to you know a much larger public school. And I think that brings me to an interesting question that we have mm-hmm. all of the time in our community. We talk about small class size, and then we ship our kids off to university, to Mm -hmm. colleges, be it Queens or MRU, Mm -hmm. and they're much bigger with far less attachment Mm -hmm. than we have at Rundle College. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's a fair question, but 
I'm gonna ask it anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how did how did that transition work for you? Like how 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 did that happen? It's an interesting question. Um, specifically in my case, because it was difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely for the first um, year I was at Queens, I didn't have a close knit sports team. Like I, I did all my years of high school. I didn't have a close knit group of friends. Yeah. Uh, for my first few years, um, but it one thing that I did do at Rundle that I continued at Queens and ultimately was my saving grace was just getting involved. Right. With extracurriculars. Um, so when I was at Queens University, there are a whole bunch of these sub communities, but you just have to immerse yourselves in them. Right. And and they they are in the form of extracurriculars. So I got involved. Um, with a mental health awareness committee there. I was part of a, like a public speaking club called Toastmasters, which cool. a lot of people are familiar with. Yeah. Um, and, and a few different other things. And ultimately, that is where I got a lot of my fulfillment, you know, outside of uh, academics. And that's where I found a sense of community. Right. Would you say that that transition piece was, was the hardest part of your transition to university? If you're talking to the grade 12s who graduated yesterday, mm-hmm. and you're about to give them your little bit of a, advice, what advice would you tell them about going to university? I think that probably was the most difficult part for me. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, and I've given this advice um, to former Rundle students that went to Queens. Um, you know, they told me I was going to Queens, and I basically just said, um, get involved. Try as many things as you can. Yeah. Um, it, it, most universities have this inordinate amount of extracurriculars that yeah. you won't ever get anywhere else. Right. Um, not even in high school because they're so, you know, they're so big, they're, they have such a diverse student population. So get involved with those and try them out and who knows where they'll take you. They could uh, lead to a change in a career path, they could lead to changing your major, or they could just be lead to lifelong friendships. You yeah. might not even enjoy the activities or, totally. or continue them afterwards, but you'll meet some, you'll meet some incredible people. So that's, uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably my biggest piece of advice. Yeah. yeah, and I think like even in the conversation we had before we came on air here, Evan, about uh, getting involved and being a part of a community, I think that resolves a lot of issues, whether you're in high school or you're at university or you're in a social situation that, that's not ideal, which I think we're going to talk about shortly. So mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. First tip, yeah. get involved. Yeah, and I, the, I guess the only thing I'd add to that, if just a kind of a reminder to students out there, there is something for everyone. Mm-hmm. Not all of these clubs are your type A personalities where they're super sociable people and they're, they're all trying to be leaders in the community. There's There are clubs for everyone. There are uh, some type of activity or community that anyone can get involved in at university, I would say. Yeah, that's what I love being about university hallways, walking down and seeing, you know, there's the Quidditch club, yeah. you know, there's the drumming club, there's Seriously. the, you know, you name yeah. it, it's it's pretty diverse in universities these days, which is really, really yeah. cool. Oh, absolutely. All right, thanks, Evan. Let's get on to the second question here. Um, and I'm really curious, because we're always talking about the future of Rundle, the future of education, how do we continue to improve? And I know that you're a deep thinker on on all sorts of things, so I'm going to put the question to you. If uh, Rundle were to improve in one or more areas, you know, what would your suggestion be? Yeah, th- this is an interesting question because I just so happened to have talked about this recently with a friend of mine that also went to Rundle, cool. uh, named Grace Hansberg Grant, who's in the grade below me. Okay. And I think the consensus we reached was that I, I think Rundle needs uh, or could do a better job at um, making it known to students that going to university straight out of high school is not necessarily the best route or the right. best path for everyone. Right. 
um, sometimes taking some time to work, taking some time to travel, sometimes not going to university at all and going to a college program, yep. getting a diploma or degree. I think these are much better suited options for certain students. Yep. The difficult part is Rundle has a lot of really uh, high achievers in, in, in the realm of ac- academics, and I think there can be that pressure. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I know my grade pretty well. My sister went to Rundle. I'm familiar with her grade. And I'm familiar with the grades below me, t- relatively familiar, I, I would say. And there seems to be a handful of students in, in every single one of those grades that graduates, and they just don't seem ready for university right yep. away. And they go, and something happens. They either drop out or, or um, you know, they don't do well, or, or they transfer universities a bunch of times. And it's just not the right time. It's not the right suit yep. and, and not right fit for them. So I think just making uh, those options more um, available and trying to... Um, trying to, I guess, um, alleviate that pressure for certain students. But, I mean, personally speaking, in my case, it was the best decision for me to go mm-hmm. to university right away, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that's necessarily the best decision for everyone. Um, Great. Yeah. We were, uh, and I think if you've been listening to the podcast, you're probably aware that we're working on a lot of issues around mental health, and we're doing a mental health task force, and we've involved parents and students and faculty in, in some of the work that we're doing. And just last week, I had the opportunity to sit down with about 12 grade 9 to 12 students, and we were doing a student uh, a student roundtable mm-hmm. on mental health and how mm-hmm. do we improve the Rundle experience for all students, in particular in the space of mental health and emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting. Uh, a couple of the students talked to that a little bit, Evan, so I'm glad mm-hmm. you brought it forward as well, and I think it's yeah. an uh, interesting piece. What they were talking to, too, um, reminded me a little bit of something Malcolm Gladwell talked about in uh, David and Goliath, uh, talking about the university that's the best fit for the student mm-hmm. isn't always Queens, mm-hmm. you know, or isn't always McGill mm-hmm. or isn't always St. FX. It, it might be, and those mm-hmm. are great, great choices, but uh, to, to worry about which university you're going to go to just on brand recognition seems to be a bit of a challenge for some of our graduates. Oh, and in this day and age, it's, it's downright silly to worry about uh, yeah. that because I, I, I recently <laughs> read a study because um, I'm always trying to, you know, keep up with psychology and it, it basically showed that um, the correlation between the prestige of the university and future academic success was very, very little. Yeah. Um, it, 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 there, but there's a much higher correlation um, between, you know, finding that university that's the right fit for you. Right. And then, and then future success, um, uh, you know, in your jobs and in your career. So, yeah, I think that's, especially in Canada as well, because yeah. there, there um, it are, isn't such a great extreme between universities. Yeah. All of them are pretty good. So they are. you might as well go to the one that fits you best mm-hmm. rather than the one that, you know, will impress your friends the most. Yeah, 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 totally. Friends and family, that's, <laughs> family that's it, yeah, right? Whoever, your, your, you know, your family members that ask you at uh, every family gathering, every, ho- every holiday is what you're <laughs> totally. doing. Yeah. No, and I think that's important. And I think, you know, one bit of advice I keep giving to graduates and their family is, you know, you've got to get to the university and, and get a feel for it before you attend. You know, it's like trying on a pair of shoes, you know, is, is the feel right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that in the coming years, our graduates and, and our students are really starting to think more about fit instead of just simply, you know, name value. Because I think that our graduates are ready to get into any university and be successful in any university they choose. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just got to make sure we get the fit right. Yeah, no, absolutely, for sure. All right, Evan. Uh, I, I know you've been a really active alumni. You know, we talk about 
people giving back to Rundle and Time Treasures of Talent. Like you're giving back your time and treasures and talent all the time. And I know one of the ways that you're doing that is you come back to speak to our students. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, like I'm just, I would like to first get uh, the titles of those talks out, out to our listening community so they know what you're involved in. And I think we'll yeah. dig into a few of the topics a little bit more. So what have you been back talking about? Evan? Yeah. So I think I've done four speeches since I've been back. Three of them were broadly on homelessness um, and, and poverty. The last one was more specifically on housing first and that as a strategy um, for solving homelessness. The cool part about those ones was uh, I was able to bring some former clients of mine yeah. that were able to share their story uh, actually being homeless for a number of years, yeah. which I think get, students get a lot more out of that than, than me just talking about it from afar. Uh, and then the other speech I did was about uh, mental illness and specifically my uh, mental illness that I had during high school, which was an eating disorder. Okay. So um, in grade 11 and 12, I dealt with that and um, and I, I basically just told my story in that speech yeah. and, and tried to end it with some kind of more relatable um, uh, values and, and philosophies to take away from it. But um, yeah... It, 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 they were all great speeches, and I don't think we put anyone to sleep. Which yeah, nice. I'm sure you did. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm curious uh, about it. I mean, what what initially drew you to what's been your life's work so far mm-hmm. um, around mental health and and homelessness and marginalized communities? I think mm-hmm. would be pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, is is it your own you know dealing with mental health, or is it? Was it something else that pulled you into that that territory of, of giving? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, definitely, I think my having a mental illness myself and and going through that has drawn me to mental health advocacy. Um, in in terms of specifically working with homeless populations and um, and marginalized communities, it's more just been a sheer fascination yeah. with with their with their lives. Um, and I think it's worth noting it wasn't the the um, appreciation or the um, the adulation that a lot of people think you get yeah. in working in this field yeah because um, you don't get a whole lot of that like, yeah it's not like every day these, no. your clients are thanking you for for doing such great for having such great impact on, on, on their lives um, so for me yeah it was just the sheer fascination of their lives I mean I've in the I haven't been in social work that long but in the short in this short um, time period I've talk to clients after they've had a friend that just died of a fentanyl overdose in their apartment. I talked to a client Crazy. with yeah. undiagnosed schizophrenia who thought who was convinced that aliens were talking to him. No doubt. Uh, I have a client right now that functions at about the cognitive level of a five-year-old and most of the th- time is pretending to be a unicorn in, in a fantasy child's uh, TV show. So, yeah. um, I'm just fascinated by these things, I think, in the same way that people are fascinated when they watch Netflix documentaries right. on cults or on true crime or yeah. on uh, war, things like that. So I'm, I'm fascinated by it. And um, and then I guess kind of the more inspiring part about it is all these people that are going through just unbelievable trauma, trauma you cannot even imagine, mm-hmm. get up every day and, and they and they put their pants on and they and they go out and do stuff. Some, yeah. For some of them it's work, for some of them it's just recreational activities, yeah. but they're able to live relatively fulfilling lives despite uh, all of this trauma and all of these um, things that have gone the wrong way for them. Yeah, it's, it's a really long way from the hallways of Rundle College to be doing this work. And mm-hmm. um, on behalf of you know everybody here at Rundle College, I know your teachers and 
uh, everybody's part of our community. We're really proud of the work that you're doing in that mm-hmm. area. So thank you, and thank you for bringing awareness and um, you know for your openness uh, coming in and talking to our, our high school students. You're making a huge difference for them mm-hmm. as well because I think that could be a huge part of the difference. Yeah. Speaking of differences, uh, I had the opportunity to go with you know a good friend of yours and run the college graduate Sam mm-hmm. Sawchuck, and I took part in um, Sandwich for a Story. Mm-hmm. And I know you are a co-founder of the Sandwich for a Story movement, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure everybody in our community knows about it, but I yeah. want to tell the story yeah. of Sandwich for a Story. Okay. So Evan, if you're comfortable, hit it. Just tell me about where it started and what you guys did with that project. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I I think uh, we started it just after we graduated. Yeah. Uh, I think we had both really just been interested in um, homeless populations and. Uh, and then I, I recall one Christmas I actually went out with my sister and we gave out sandwiches just as kind of a, a typical thing to do during the holidays to give back. And I just noticed how many people were talking to us and, and they didn't really care too much about the sandwich, but they just wanted to have a conversation. Yeah. And I thought, I thought maybe there's something there. So, um, you know, I got together with Sam and we, we chatted it over and we came up kind of with a, this idea that we would go out and give sandwiches and then... In, in return uh, for those sandwiches, and obviously completely voluntary, we wouldn't we don't expect anything in return. Yeah. Try to inquire a bit uh, with these these marginalized individuals and hear about their story, um, and you know, and and then document that story if possible and put it online. So we've put up some videos online. We've put up some uh, blogs. I believe you actually wrote a blog for us online. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which was a good blog. It was an amazing yeah. experience. I and honestly loved it. I, I kind of mm-hmm. hope that everybody in our community could experience it somehow. Yeah, and I think, you know, that somehow word that you just used, you don't have to necessarily... I think our goal was um, to make, to, to disseminate these stories and... Um, for, for people that maybe weren't comfortable actually going out and meeting homeless people, for them to at least be able to log on, go onto our website and read some of these stories right. or, or watch some of these stories that they otherwise just would never hear about. So I found the videos powerful as well. Like I, I found that the conversations you're having with uh, folks on the street was reaching some of what I think your mission was. Now, if I understood my time with Sam correctly, it was like, to bring awareness and to just to bring understanding of, of the plight of people on the street. Would you say mm-hmm. that's accurate? And did, and did you reach your mission? Are you still working on it? Uh, mm-hmm. Where are you at with that project? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that is definitely accurate. I, this, I, I suppose slogan that we always use is empathy through familiarity. Yeah. So the idea is that if you can first just get familiar talking to um, yeah. this individual, you'll eventually become more empathetic and understand... Um, some of the the harder concepts to grasp, such as the fact that uh, it's not a choice for a lot of these individuals, and that's tough for people to grasp. Yeah. Um, in terms of where we are with the project, at the moment, myself and Sam are just in, in um, different areas, and we're working mm-hmm. on kind of different things career-wise. Yeah. Um, so we, when when we're together, we we try to work on it a little bit, and yeah. uh, we keep the site active, so yeah. you can always kind of go on there and read more about it, but. Um, yeah, we're not actively kind of seeking out any anything more at, at this time, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's something we're definitely proud of, and where where it goes from here, I think ultimately we're just proud of what we've done with it, um, you know, in in the short time. So yeah, I think you should be extremely proud. It is a very cool project. Uh, mm-hmm. I encourage anybody who's listening to this. Just type in sandwich for a story, it'll come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam also did a TED Talk at mm-hmm. Rundle Academy on the topic. Mm-hmm. It's got thousands of views, mm-hmm. very, very cool talk. So 
um, it's worth checking it out there and I hope Absolutely. people people have a look yeah yeah for sure now uh, Evan while I've got you here um, I'm you're a really future oriented mm-hmm. thinker um, deep thinker and you care deeply about people mm-hmm. um, I'm always thinking about the skills that our graduates need to have as they're ready to graduate our school yeah and uh, working it backwards you know if we can start working on those skills in kindergarten and work yeah. it all the way up to grade 12, I think we had a pretty good chance of instilling yeah. them and, and creating some pretty amazing human beings along the way. Um, yeah. now's, now's my chance for you to give me a bit of advice on, uh, on that. What skills do you think are most essential for success uh, as kids move into the real world? Yeah. No, I think this is obviously an incredibly uh, difficult question to answer. Um, I don't know if I, I can think of any tangible skills, um, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of I'm not... I don't. I don't know if I can sit here with a, with any type of authority and say they need to learn how to program and code. Yeah, yeah. or something yeah. like that. Um, but I guess based on my experience, I would say just the the independence to do what they want to do, uh, right. regardless of, of what other people um, think. And, yeah, and I think uh, that can be difficult in in any high school, especially a high school like Rundle, where where there are so many high achievers. Yeah, uh, and I think once you get out of here, you just have to realize that. Um, when choosing a career, it's something you're going to be doing eight hours a day, uh, 50 weeks a year, generally speaking, seven days or five days a week, yeah. seven days a week for some people. <laughs> some days, seven days a week, but, uh, <laughs> but you're, you're going to be spending a lot of t- your time doing that. So you might as well pick something that you're good at, that you like, that, that uh, fulfills you, um, rather than something that um, you think will potentially either make you a lot of money or or that you just feel a lot of pressure to pick because it's it's um it's a nice sounding career yeah so, uh and you know thus far i think i've done that and it's worked out quite well for me so. right and our, yeah i totally agree i think um i know our grad speaker yesterday at the grade 12 graduation said essentially the same thing you know she said you you get into a career and you do it and you figure out if that's working for you if it's not don't be afraid to change like yeah she said you know i've been out for you know, 12 or 15 years now, and I'm still trying to answer that question, you know, what do I want to be when I grow Mm -hmm. up? But she said she's leaving that behind a little bit uh, in favor of a different question. And the question is, who do I want to be when I grow up or who do I want to be? And Mm -hmm. I think uh, that was pretty powerful. I I think it stuck with our grade 12s, and I hope the Mm -hmm. whole community can rally around that a little bit because we've been talking about a little bit here, Evan, about the pressure, um, where are you going to go to school, what are you going to be, you know, those sorts of things. Yeah. And hopefully we can take a little bit of that off for our, for our graduates and they can go into the world looking yeah. for f- fulfillment, perhaps. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't claim to have all the answers. I think you, whatever reasons you have to pursue your career or your school or whatever, that's fine. I, I just think the important thing is to make sure those reasons come from you yeah. and not from other people. I think, I, I think that's kind of the, the thing I preach. Um, but, but yeah, that's yeah, the only thing I'd add. We were reminiscing uh, before coming on air again about Tara Norton's, you know, podcast mm-hmm. and her line in there's always stuck with me that, um, you know, I, I just wish that somebody would have told me that I'm good enough. I was good enough mm-hmm. when I was in school. Yeah. And uh, it's a pretty, pretty easy message to give because I think people are generally good enough. They're doing their best, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think we need to remember that in our community and keep saying it mm-hmm. uh, to the folks who are around us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, um, for those of you who have listened to the podcast, you know that we end most episodes with a thing called the Rundle Rumble. Uh, the Rundle Rumble is a 10-part quick-fire word association game. I like to play with our guests to get a sense of you know, what their experience was like, what their future is like, and uh, what they think about something. So, Evan, are you ready for it? 
I am ready and excited. Okay. I've listened to this many times. Okay. Okay, right on. This is always it's my favorite part of every episode. Pretty yeah. telling. Okay, so let's hit it. Uh, number one, rugby. Rugby. Um, an absolute blast. Um, dynamic game and uh, probably the most enjoyable sport uh, that I played when I was here. That next to football. Yeah. But rugby, there's so much more of a sense of community in rugby than any other sport. Yeah. Uh, it's the only sport where... After you just finish slamming guys into the turf, yeah. you go and get beers with them. After <laughs> I the game. was totally not in high school. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but uh, but in in high school we would do something similar. Totally. We'd get together and we'd eat and we'd um, you know yeah. and we'd chat after the game, which was I thought at the time very bizarre. But after doing it a while and playing rugby for a while, really fun. And yeah, the best part about it. Awesome. Uh, number two, travel. Travel. Uh, I think something that everyone should do. Um, uh, at least at some point in their life, not necessarily travel uh, outside of the country, but just travel a little bit, get that, that kind of novel experience. It really tests and, and tests who you are. Coolest places I've traveled, um, probably Indonesia and Uganda. And you've done some work overseas, haven't you? Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. kind of work have you done in those places to support people? Yeah, so um, Uganda, I was doing a uh, like an exchange. So I was studying there, and then yeah. I also did an internship with a non-government organization, NGO, um, and uh, and that was really interesting. It was working with kind of impoverished people, documenting um, their solutions for poverty. So they had these small little entrepreneurial solutions, whether it's making banana chips or making liquid soap, that they could make some money off of. Um, and we would just try to document those and make step-by-step videos and then disseminate them to, to other people. And that was really cool. Uh, it's it's wonderful country to visit. I, w- I would recommend anyone visiting uh, cool. to, to visit there. And then Indonesia, I was doing an internship with the UN. So. Right on. Uh, and Indonesia, again, very friendly people, and I would recommend anyone to go there. So That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah I think travel is the only way you get to really know yourself and, and see the world. And, and know, like, the thing I found about travel without getting too sidetracked is that mm-hmm. uh, it made me realize that people are just people are just people. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't matter where you are, Cambodia, yeah. You know, in Australia, people are people and just care about each other, right? Yeah. Humanity is a pretty pretty cool thing. Yeah, yeah. And even people outside of, uh, in Canada, outside of big cities. I think the, one of the coolest places I've ever traveled was like a road trip through the States, through Montana, yeah. Iowa. Like the, so you don't, you don't have to go far. You don't have to do a big trip to Thailand. I think just getting outside of your comfort zone a little is all you need. That's awesome. Okay, let's hit it. Number three, sandwiches. Sandwiches, probably sandwich for a story. Yeah. Um, you know, a great way to uh, start a conversation, to connect with people. They don't always love the sandwiches. We've had a few <laughs> yeah, people throw out the sandwiches on us. We had complaints when I was out too. Yeah, yeah. And one time we went to a really gourmet place. Yeah. And there were like nine dollar sandwiches, and people we saw people throwing them out. Oh, yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it, it was never about the sandwich. It's about just connecting people through the sandwich and uh, creating that conversation. Yeah. Congratulations on an awesome project and, and a great initiative. I hope Thank a you, lot yeah. of other Rundle students take up the charge and find ways to give back. And the unique way that you guys give back. It was absolutely uh, inspiring. Yeah, thank you so much. Number four, social work. Social work, um, I think uh, a really fascinating career. Um, 
uh, f- for anyone that's that's interested in the lives of, of marginal people it can be it can be just a really uh, cool way to spend eight hours a day yeah um, you know time flies in every job I've had in social work yeah it doesn't really feel like you're working it's hard and work though it is hard work yeah, yeah it can take a toll on you um, definitely vicarious trauma is something we talk about yeah a lot so just experiencing trauma through the trauma that your clients are experiencing yeah um, but at, at the end of the day, I find it far more interesting than, you know, the, the cliche of it, like sitting in an office yeah. or, or just like hammering away on an, an essay or something like that. Um, yeah. and, uh, and it, pretty easy to get involved in actually, you yeah. know, you don't necessarily need a degree in social work or that field to get involved in some of these things. There's volunteer yeah. opportunities with numerous agencies in Calgary. So, um, if, if anyone's interested, it's easy to get your foot in the door and get a taste of it. Cool. Yeah, I, awesome work. I've known lots of social workers in my time. And, uh, yeah, there's salt to the earth. They're great people. So, yeah. Well yeah. done. Great career. Thank you. Uh, number five, Queens. Queens. Well, uh, the university I went to, I should probably yeah. clarify that. Um, <laughs> Queens, I would say, uh, you know, a vibrant community, a small campus, uh, a really good community feel. Um and I would also say at times uh, was uh, was a bit isolating because of that. Um, the, the students at Queens are very happy and uh, love Queens. Yeah, are, for sure. Are almost overly enthusiastic about Queens. Yeah, our um, graduates certainly are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they love exactly. It. Love it. Yeah. yeah, but I, it's I, like Rundle East. Right yeah, now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they just can't stop talking about Queens. I think that's a stereotype of something that goes to Queens. But um, I think it's just important when you're there to realize that. Um, university is not necessarily this glamorous, um, happy-go-lucky time for everyone. That's right. And for most of these kids that are really excited to be at Queens, they're still going through stuff. Yeah, for sure. And and if you get involved with kind of smaller communities there, as I mentioned, I was involved with the the Mental uh, Mental Health Awareness Committee, and there's all sorts of committees you can get involved with where it's a little less kind of this overzealous, enthusiastic uh, giddiness, and yeah. it's a bit more real. And yeah. um, there's plenty of opportunities to do that, Queen. So the extracurriculars were, I, I'd say, the best part about it. Cool, yeah. cool. Right on. Um, Miss Cosser. Miss Cosser. Um, I would say just uh, a, a real rock for me when I uh, was having a hard time in, in the ninth grade. Um, you know, I felt like a, a lot of people had kind of given up on me mm-hmm. and, or... or thought I had changed. I was getting into a lot of trouble. I got suspended that year from, from <laughs> in-school suspension. Not the kind you want. But, no, no. Um, uh, yeah, I was going through a lot of stuff. And I just remember Miss Cosser always feeling like, despite you know myself getting into trouble, and she knew I was getting into trouble, yeah. she always just maintained this attitude that I was you know still a good person and still uh, morally okay. Yeah. Um, where at the time, I felt like not everyone felt that, um, including my own parents even yeah. at, at, at times. So... Um, yeah, it's just a huge rock for me, I guess, outside of the classroom. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I should be really happy to hear that, Evan. I know it means a lot to um, any teacher, but to hear, you know, former students talk about them like that. Mm-hmm. That's why we do the work. So thank you for giving her that gift today. I know she'll Absolutely, love it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, number seven, mental health awareness. Mental health awareness, I think, uh, is essential. It's important. I think for anyone battling mental illness, in my experience, working with individuals that are battling mental illness, Half the battle is just getting comfortable uh, telling people about it, yeah. getting comfortable seeking help. And the more awareness around that, um, uh, the easier that is. Um, having said that, I think 
awareness is only step one. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time people can almost stop at awareness. Yeah. They think if they just tweet Bell Let's Talk, that's enough. That's right. not that's not enough. Right? Yeah. I think education is also a huge part. You you have to do more than just tell people it's okay to have mental illness. It's actually much more helpful if people can learn about mental illnesses. Um, so if they're experiencing symptoms or they see someone else experiencing symptoms, they can act appropriately. So I think education is the next step kind of after awareness. Super. And thanks for being a part of our journey here. You know, we're working hard to, to do the best we can every day. Absolutely. Um, and just a soft pitch to anybody who's listening. Uh, it is the you know, Headmasters initiative this year that any, any of those directed funds, the Headmasters Fund, uh, this year, as far as giving goes, goes directly to our emotional wellness task force and all the work that we're doing in emotional wellness. So mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the year, I look forward to reporting back to our community uh, where those funds were used and hopefully some of the progress that we've made. And we've really turned our attention there. So thanks for being part of that charge, um, Evan. It's well, been yeah. really, really great. Thank you for starting that initiative. No, no, I didn't start. I'm just, I'm just coming <laughs> along for the ride. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, okay. Uh, number eight is empathy. Empathy. Um, empathy is an interesting one. I think it, it, it's important um, to have empathy uh, just kind of in, in your day-to-day life. Um, I'm torn on, on how important empathy is. I think you don't necessarily need to experience exactly what someone's going through in order to help them. Yeah. Because sometimes that's just impossible. For instance, I have no idea what it's like to be addicted to crystal meth. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I I try to understand where my clients are coming from. Some people call it empathy, some call it sympathy, but I think you need one of those two things um, in order to just really kind of be successful in life, uh, and especially in the fields of mental health or social work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's there's an article in the paper on the weekend, and it was from the same area as university president was speaking on the topic of soft skills, and I think empathy would fall into soft skills, but mm-hmm. his whole point was soft skills are the hard skills, and those mm-hmm. are the really important ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, yeah, it really hit home. So if you're in the Calgary area, look it up, I believe it's in the Calgary Sun. And uh, soft skills are the hard skills, and St. Mary's University is a really great article on, on that. Yeah. Place. I want to add one more thing to that. For in, sure. In terms of like a soft skill that I think everyone can use that I learned in social work, it's called motivational interviewing. And um, it, it, it's a soft skill, but it's taught kind of in a hard skill way. And it just teaches you all these sorts of conversational techniques when talking about these topics, whether it's counseling or um, whether it's something else that you can use in, in your day-to-day life. So if anyone's interested in kind of enhancing those soft skills, I would say look up motivational interviewing on YouTube. Cool. I'm going to yeah. look it up. I actually don't know anything about it, yeah. Evan, so thank you for that today. Yeah, that's cool. Right on. Uh, rounding the corner now, we're on our home stretch number nine, Mr. Hauk. Mr. Hauk, no mic. Uh, the thing I remember about him is every assembly, they, they'd offer him the mic like he was actually ever going to take it. No, there's no chance. And he'd always do the, the cut the neck. No, 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 no mic. No mic needed. He, he was old school. He went no mic. Uh, and um, yeah, I always appreciated his honesty and just how blunt he was as, yeah. a, as a headmaster. And um, yeah, no mic, old school how Yeah, he's a legend, right? Yeah. Absolute legend, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, okay, and the last one, I ask this almost every time, but what, what does success mean to you? Yeah, success to me, and uh, it's a tough one. Um, I think not to, you know, belabor the point, because I've already talked about it a bit, but I think success is just making sure that whatever you're doing, you're doing it because you want to be doing it, yeah. and the reasons for doing it come from within you. And, and not from outside influences. So um, 
I don't know how to summarize that, but I guess just being you, yeah. despite the haters, let's, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. say, I yeah, don't know, yeah, 100%. Uh, or, you know, despite maybe people that aren't even haters, but are just trying to influence you to do, to, to do something or be a certain way, I think it's, it's important to just make sure those reasons come from within. I think it's been true throughout your whole interview, Evan, if I was to sit back and look at it from start to finish, you talk about, you know, getting to know yourself and embracing yourself and doing what's right for you. And, uh, you know, I think it allows you to be grounded and to be centered and to be all those things that we really want for our graduates. And I Mm -hmm. hope that a few of our graduates listen to this. I hope lots of alumni listen to it. I hope our community listens to it and understands that, uh, yeah, you're a real shining example of what Arundel College alumni can and hopefully will be. So thanks for finding you. Uh, thanks for making this world a better place. Thank you. And uh, thanks for spending a little bit of time with me today on the podcast. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome.